T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Game was amazing. Uh, it's always an honor to be able to be part of uh, All-Star Weekend. Go out there, have fun, especially... Not being on the court lately, now I can't wait to get back with my team. Full strength, being healthy, ready to put that Chicago Bulls jersey back on, honestly. DeMar DeRozan humble bragging that he was at the All-Star game. <laughs> it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Brody, here on 670. The score, about to talk a little bit of Bulls basketball. One of our favorites joining us right now in the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Home of the world's largest sports book, um, Julia covers the Bulls for the Chicago Tribune, and she's joining us right now. Uh, Julia, when you when you hear Demar, were you surprised that he played in the All Star game? First off, I was not at all, just because it's very difficult to keep Demar Derozan off of a basketball court True. in general. Um, so I, I wasn't too surprised by that. It, you know, it's it's a low defense game, and uh, I think. That's such a special experience for the guys that whenever they can get out there without risking hurting their bodies, they're going to do it. Low low defense is, uh, I mean, that's a nice, kind way to call it. Low defense <laughs> over there. I, I saw Jalen Brown call it glorified layup line. Mike Malone said he was the worst basketball ever played. Uh, what was your take on the game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a little bit of, um, you know, a, a lopsided way to approach the game. We saw like you said, defense definitely optional. Um, it was not necessarily a competitive basketball game, but it's still, you know, the pop and, pomp and circumstance of it when you're actually there is a lot more fun. You know, you've got like the halftime show and everything, but, you know, basketball itself, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the all-star break being over so we can get back to some real basketball. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, the game, I thought the game was, I thought it was entertaining last year. The game, the actual game kind of blew. I never, I just, I never really got into it. So let's get off of the all-star game and the all-star weekend. And let's just start with the news of the day for the Chicago Bulls. And that is Julia Poe, as you reported, Lonzo Ball will not return this season. What is your reaction to that? Yeah, I don't think there's any surprise from anyone that's been around the team at all this season that this is where we ended up. Um, you know, my my outlook on Lonzo for a while now has just been, I, I hope he can get back to full health whenever that happens. Uh, it's been pretty clear for a few months now when he wasn't running in December, when he wasn't running in January, it was pretty clear that it was just, you know, you're reaching the end of the runway and you have to be realistic. I, even if he could sprint all out today, I don't know if there's enough time to get someone onboarded when you haven't, you know, played a basketball game, played any basketball in 13 months. Uh, so I think, you know, this wasn't a surprise to anyone. It was just kind of 
all of us waiting on when that decision was finally going to be made and the announcement was going to be made. Julia, that hurts, though. It just hurts because, I mean, from a fan's perspective, you wanted to see the Bulls at full strength to see if, you know, the team together and the continuity would lead to something. So that part part of it sucks, but it also sucks just from, like, an NBA fan's perspective, not only just the team, because Lonzo Ball is a really good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. And even just from the outlook of, you know, I know fans are frustrated. I know they wanted to have him back as a piece of the team. But you look at the human aspect of it, and, and I think that's when we kind of got the sense that things weren't going well when Billy Donovan and players and everyone kind of around Lonzo started switching over and talking more and more about the human aspect of how just hard it is mm. to be to have a chronic pain issue like this. Um, you know, it's it's tough. It's hard to see. And like I said, just as a basketball fan, I think everyone is kind of just hoping that at some point they're going to figure out a solution to this because it is just mind-boggling to go this long and still have this level of discomfort where you can't get up to full speed like that. Yeah, mind-boggling to the point where you start thinking about his career, but we'll just set it at next season. Do you believe that he'll actually step on the court during summer camp for the Chicago Bulls and begin their season next year and everything will be okay with Lonzo Ball? I mean, I think I'm, again, where my outlook is is that, like, I hope so just for his sake. Um, There have been little steps after that second arthroscopic uh, procedure that he had. We've seen some little steps where he can, like, jump and he's able to get up and lightly dunk the ball. He's able to shoot. He's able to do some small things like that. So that's good. Things are progressing. Um, So I think, you know, if he does have that longer runway, like I said, the hope would be that that's where they're going to be able to get him at. I think what's most concerning is just that there is such a clear lack of answers from everyone around the situation right now. And I think everyone's trying to be calm and just keep it positive, keep it moving. But he was pretty clear every time that he's talked to media that they have not had as many answers for him as he would like. And that's been difficult just because there have been times when he's been like, what's wrong with my body? And the answer from Uh, doctors and professionals is just, we don't know. That is, it just sounds so horrible. Uh, You know, you just, like you said, the human element, the mental, uh, mental health aspect of it for Lonzo, you just hope that, you know, he really just remains strong mentally uh, so that that way, like you, like you said, Julia, whenever he's his body is ready to get back on the court, it could actually do that. Um, the Bulls, uh, with that with that hole, they tried to fill fill it with a guy named Patrick Beverly, someone we're all familiar with. I mean, it seemed like a consolation prize, Julia, but was it the right one? Yeah, I, I definitely don't see this acquisition as like, oh, Lonzo's not going to come back, so we're signing. Pat Bev. Like, I, I, I didn't see it as that. I don't think there has been a realistic expectation that Lonzo was coming back for a while now, just in general, from what we were hearing from Billy, front office, et cetera. Um, that being said, I do think that there's, you know, upsides to this acquisition. I mean, obviously, just from a defensive standpoint, which is an area the Bulls have really struggled just in terms of their defensive intensity throughout the season, um, even though their defense is actually ranked pretty high in the NBA. So I think that'll be a good pop for this last little run of the season. I think my concern still is just that the offense is what has been kind of holding the back lately. And so I don't know if this necessarily answers all of the questions that you have when you look at this offense, especially if DeMar is impeded at all by that injury uh, to close out the year. How do you think Billy Donovan will use Patrick Beverly and who loses minutes because of him? 
Yeah, I think that's the most interesting question. It does look like it would be, I don't think that he would be someone that would immediately pop into the primary rotation just uh-huh. based on how that group has been gelling. It, it has been working a little bit better. You know, we kind of had that period at the start of the season where the secondary rotation was outperforming the primary rotation at times, and it's swayed back from that. So I think that he would more come in and be part of that secondary rotation, might be pulling minutes from a guy like Goran Dragic, might be pulling minutes from a a guy like Kobe White. It just kind of depends, I think, on what they're going to need in a game. But I do think that it's helpful that it provides a little bit more of flexibility for them in terms of what they can do with the defense um, and just kind of having a little bit more of that veteran presence in there will help with some of that decision-making that they've been talking about. Talking to Julia Poe from the Chicago Tribune right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Mark Grody today, tonight. Uh, Bulls got 23 games left, Julia. The two games mm-hmm. out of that 10th spot right there. I mean, clearly the team wants to win. You hear DeMar coming out of the break. You know, he's excited to put the Bulls jersey on. You know these guys are going to be feeling refreshed. I mean, do you see a path to at least a play-in game, or do you think the Bulls kind of linger in, in, in 11th place purgatory? I definitely see a path. Um, they, their schedule to end the season is favorable. It's not the easiest season or the easiest schedule, but it is very doable. Um, and there are pockets in there where if they can get on a run through some games, I, I think they could really pick up that momentum and kind of sway that. It's not like they have a huge margin in front of them, but also they don't have a huge margin behind them in terms of maintaining that spot and getting up into the play-in. So I think, you know, like I said before, if DeMar comes back and is healthy, I think that that helps to kickstart a lot of the offensive problems that they were having because even in the games before he sat out, he was saying that he was in pain and that was really affecting his ability to do stuff. He was not moving right. So if he comes back, he's feeling a little bit better and they're able to, you know, kind of figure out whatever that offensive funk they were in. There's definitely a clear path in with the play-in tournament. It's just a matter of whether they can actually get that scoring back up. I mean, you saw how many games they were just struggling to get above 100 points in the last few games. Julia, if, if there's not to be some sort of magical run for the Bulls in the playoffs this year, and we know our Turris Karnaschovas didn't do anything at the trade deadline, but do you think that he thinks or is resigned to the idea that he does have to move one of the, the Bulls' perceived big three? I think that that's, like he said before, like he told us at the trade deadline, that's basically what these last 23 games are in a lot of sense is that assessment period. Um, you know, barring some crazy run and then some crazy playoffs run that goes above what this team has shown this year, this is kind of the lock-in, take notes, figure out what makes sense for your next moves type of time for this team. And so I think, yeah, you, I think you have to assess that and look at what's not working because – on paper, you have such a strong lineup of guys that are either not playing to their potential individually or just are not able to make that individual potential gel together into wins. And they've had continuity, which they've been asking for. They've had consistency for the most part with that group together. And it's just, it has not been enough this season. So I think they're going to have to take a strong look at that. Julia, I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends over the last couple of days. And mm-hmm. I've, I found myself defending Arturis and defending the Bulls' direction and where, where they've been in this short term right here. And I'm like, like people are like, well, oh, the Bulls suck, blow it up. Like, this. And I said, well, he got them back to relevancy, and that's, that's, that was his job in the, in the immediate future was 
get them back to the playoffs. Missed it the first year by a hair. You know, got them there the second year, and then you know, obviously, you know, they couldn't help but to you know, he tried to do the right thing, but he thought he thought continuity would be the answer there. Am, am I wrong for defending him in that sense, or or is Arturis you know someone that should should you know, carry a little bit more of the blame for where the roster is at because of poor, like, do you think it's poor construction or do you think that he did what he needed to do in the short term to kind of make the Bulls relevant again? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's some complexities in it where, like, just taking aside the fact that the whole Lonzo situation just throws you into such flux because they just didn't know what to do. They have an unmovable asset. So take that aside I think that that was like a hard wrench to be thrown into your plan. But I do think, you know, Billy Donovan has talked about this in recent weeks where he's like, I felt like he, he felt like the team outperformed their potential in a lot of ways last season and that DeMar kind of carried them at times uh, through to make that season look better than it was. And if you look back, I mean, during the COVID outbreak, they caught like a really easy break during that and went on that crazy run. I mean, there were there were a lot of things that went right last season that I think artificially inflated the success of last season. And that doesn't mean that that wasn't a good team, but to take that team and say, we don't need to add anything. We don't need to improve on that to keep improving year over year. Because if you're standing still in the NBA, you're going backwards. Like you have to be building every year. And I think that's where the misstep was, was thinking, oh, we got it. We, we figured it out. And not looking at some of those moments where they got good luck and saying okay now how do we like bolster this team against bad luck and they got their fair share of bad luck and that's that's kind of where things have ended up this year to kind of regress to the mean do you think that they're surprised at all with anything about Zach Levine this year do you think that they thought he would take the next step for himself and for this team after he got the bundle I, I don't necessarily think there's any surprise there. And I do think, um, you know, in recent weeks, especially in the last month or so, like Zach's been playing a lot of really good basketball. It's just that the style of the team is not is often not putting him in the best place to succeed. I mean, having him have to come into double teams where he's the main ball handler in the fourth quarter is just not a recipe for success. And that's been fairly consistent for a while now and he's still being put in those places and so I I don't know if there's a surprise that the system didn't work for him or a surprise that he just didn't rise above and figure out how to do some of those things that were maybe not not his strong point but not the thing you know not the area that is his comfort zone Um, so I, I don't know if there's surprise there but it definitely has to be a certain level of frustration I know fans are frustrated just that this one guy doesn't get the max contract and then immediately deliver the level of wins and the level of just, you know, clutch yeah. going above and beyond. People want people want him to be, and I don't maybe it's wrong. People want him to be a superstar. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that he's a max player and there's something to be said for that. I mean, that's a real accomplishment for an NBA player, but he's just not a superstar. And I guess the question is, does he have room to become one? I mean, can he still get to be the guy? Does he ever get the ball back at the end of games in his career again? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the hard thing, like I said, with where he's at right now is, yes, I do think he could become that guy, but how do you develop into that guy yeah. when you're not that player on your own team like how do you learn how to be that clutch if you're not the clutch guy on your own team um and i think yeah 
I, 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 I was definitely mentioning this before where it's like, imagine you're at a job. Let's say Julia, for example. She's at the Tribune. Yeah. They have her come in and they're like, you're, you're, you're covering the Bulls. And then some like old school writer that's been there that gets brought in, you know, everybody starts going to that person to get Bulls information. And you're like, mm-hmm. and Julia's sitting there like, no, no, no. Hey, hey, they hired me. I got this. I'm the guy. I'm the person, you know, <laughs> to do this. And I feel like that's where Zach's at. They gave him the money, but people feel a certain type of way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I agree with that, Julia. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think that's the difficult situation of being, you can, you can call someone the guy on the, on a team. And, you know, Zach is an incredible basketball player and he delivers a lot for the Bulls. It does a lot for them. But DeMar is just at a different level of respect, even within the NBA. And that has nothing to do with who Zach is. It's just, it's a it's a testament to who Demar is that he comes in and still is um, you know in a lot of ways that person. I don't think that that's anything personal between the two of them. It's just that's that's the respect that Demar is going to command uh, in those situations. Well, Julie, I just want you to know I always go to you first for Bulls information, never anybody else. <laughs> right? I uh, appreciate that, <laughs> Julia. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Some great stuff. If you're really listening, some great. She threw some shade at AK. She threw some shade at Billy Donovan. I heard it. It was in there. It was deep in there, and I really enjoyed it. So, uh, Julia, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Of course, Julia Poe. Make sure you guys follow her on Twitter. By Julia Poe, covering the Bulls for the Chicago Tribune. You know that there are some similarities between when Arturis Karnaschovas took over the Bulls and what he has accomplished, or if you'd like to say not accomplished, and John Paxson and the way he began his tenure with the Bulls. I don't know who one of you two brought up the phrase restored order, or maybe that's me who said that. I like saying that. Restored order. That's exactly what John Paxson did like early because it was a disaster. It was still the post-Jordan. John Salmons. Oh, dude. Bill, yeah. Bill, well, yeah, that was on, on Paxson's watch. But before that, it was Bill Cartwright and that the Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, yeah. Jamal Crawford crew. And then Paxson comes in, fires Cartwright, brings in Scott Skiles, drafts Kirk Heinrich, his Luol Deng on those teams, Andre Nosi, Andres Nosi, where they were never going to win anything, right. but they were a playoff team. Yeah. And that's what Arturis Karnaschovas has gotten the Bulls to the point of, and to think that anybody was going to be satisfied with that yeah. is crazy. So yeah. it's nice the, to restore order, but no, no, no. The bar is set a little higher in a large city like yeah. Chicago. And that's why that's why what I liked about Julie when she threw shade at AK, where she said, hey, even your head coach said that they exceeded expectations. And for you to stand pat and not make any moves – assuming that you would grow from that, that you would continue to exceed expectations. That's the part where he, that's where the misstep was. And I think that she pointed that out. I think, I think it's true. I think we all felt that way as Bulls fans. We're like, you're not addressing the three point shooting. You're not, you know, you didn't go out and get another player like that. So I also don't believe the, the 28 day thing has been gone over and over and over with him saying with the final 27 games, Ah, we're going to evaluate. I call BS on that because I think he probably was fielding calls for those guys. And I do believe him that nothing worked for him. And I can, I believe he will continue to pursue. I don't know which one of those guys he would be most prone to trading or wanting to trade um, at this point. But I I don't believe him when he says no. that you know, we'll find out over the next if, if that's the case, then you're doing your job incorrectly. Right. And, yeah. and you're doing the job you should have done 
last year because it's the exact same team with the exact same issues. Right. Right. There's he not, know, I'd like to think that he knows and that no, he did 100%. feel those calls and he will continue to feel those calls. I think you're calls. absolutely right. He fielded those calls and he realized mm-hmm. that it would have put him in a much worse situation and he'd rather just shoot for the playoffs with the team that he has right now. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Bulls, 23 games left uh, before the playoffs begin. They're sitting in the 11th seat currently, two games behind the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, if you go look at the Bulls' schedule, last like two weeks of the season rough they got some philadelphia back-to-backs they got lakers clippers they got the bucks i mean it's 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 not an easy schedule to say the least so uh we will keep an eye on that um on the other side let's let's go back to some bear stuff man i always like talking bears with you bro good so uh we'll do some bears on the other side uh maybe we'll check out the grapevine see what uh the rumor mill is saying and, and which ones that we've enjoyed listening to leading up to this draft we'll do that on the other side it's gabe ramirez mark grody Right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Brody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Going to be talking bears here right now, but do not forget, 670 The Score, home of... Your Chicago Cubs and Cubs Spring Training on the score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. First game Saturday, first pitch, 205, right here on the score. It's good to have them back, man. Good to have the Cubbies back on the air and good to have the team uh, giving you guys the best, just like we're trying to do right now. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, we are the team for your evening, holding you down till 9 o'clock. And we wanted to discuss just wide receivers in general, the free agent class the upcoming top prospects in the draft, and then, you know, those that are currently sitting on the team. Because, Groats, yesterday I I spent a couple minutes reminding the reminding you in the car that there's a guy named Darnell Mooney on this team still. And although he didn't play the latter half of the season, I mean, people were very high on him coming into last year and towards the end of that, that the year before that. So it's like, People forget about him, and then you gotta, you still gotta chase Claypool. That, you know, as we'll look at, compared to the other options that are out there, isn't isn't a bad bad move. Where a lot of people were start still upset about the Bears giving up the thirty second pick in the draft for him. It did remind me that Chase Claypool has to be good, and 
it, it is also good to be reminded of how young he is and how early we are in his process as a Chicago Bear to where he was dropped in last season. And you get a guy guy gets dropped into a locker room. It it sucks that he didn't produce and he didn't produce. But you say, okay, I, let's wait. To, let's get you a full camp and see what happens. He even told me that when I, I had yeah. a very frank conversation with him on the record. And he, he said, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to OTAs and camp. And you don't stuff. hear that too often. Never, never. No, nobody likes camp. It's hard, man. So it, reminded of those two things, it's good. But also reminded because when I was studying up on free agent wide receivers, it just doesn't look good. There, Juju Smith-Schuster, I love. I, I, I wanted the Bears to sign him last year. So I'm definitely team... Juju Smith-Schuster, they want to bring in. I don't think he's as extraordinary anymore, but I've always liked him. And I w- 78 catches for 933 yards last year and three touchdowns for the Kansas City Chiefs. You have to keep in mind, it's a mm-hmm. well-polished system as well. But w- where do you put Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, this doesn't feel like a priority, like, splash sign. No. Well, I'd love to have the guy on the team. Sure. But I'd, not depend on him Absolutely not. Because I think that what, what... It's not an upgrade from Darnell Mooney. From the from right. the from the group that they have, it's not like Juju Smith Schuster. You're looking at him and you're thinking to yourself, "We got it, right? We're here." That's a great way to put it. He raises the floor of the receiving core. That's what I think he would do. Okay, I mean, I think it's, it's, I think it would be anyone, meh. anyone. Well, seriously, well, no, I'm not even trying to be funny. I think if you take any middle of the road receiver, right? I mean, look what Chase Claypool did. It, like everybody was like, "Oh, damn, Chase Claypool! Oh my god." Better than anybody, probably any receiver you bring in is going to be better than ninety percent of the wide receivers that are on the team already. How about Darius Slayton? What Stop. does he do to your floor? Uh, this is he, I like get, Slayton. He's I a like free Slayton. agent. I yeah. get no, no, I get no blood going downstairs. Forty six for the Giants <laughs> last year. Four, forty what? Forty six catches, seven hundred twenty four yards. Don't we advertise for those bills? Forty six, seven twenty four, and two last year. Yeah. Um, for the New York Giants, nice season, but, but like you said, what did you say before? Doesn't change anything. Doesn't change the game. Yeah, game doesn't changer. change it at all. It right. means it would mean less Dante Pettis snaps, which I'm all for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What we're trying to do, we're actually trying to reduce snaps yeah. of some of the regulars from last year, which is actually true because and we talked about this. Like all those guys that played and got that playing time, even somebody like Jack Sanborn, who knows what his future is with the Bears? Starting linebacker, starting linebacker for the Bears, Jack Erlacher will be playing Jack on opening linebacker. day. There is no doubt, Love but. That. If if you have a if you have a depth piece now because you had to play the guy because the Bears sucked and were injured last year, then this is a great thing. And you want to put everybody into position. But anyway, Slayton, the, the next guy, always available for anybody every year. Good old Jarvis Landry. Oh, geez. Always there. I wanted him last year. I know. Thought he was, he was available a, last thought he, year. Thought he was a guy, him and Will Fuller, I thought were two guys that could that you know, could have helped the I wanted uh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, but you know why? But did you want? I know you wanted the Bears to draft him a couple years ago. You want to know why? Oh, yeah, and this would have been a better answer to have given you the other night when Uh-oh. you asked me about experiences at the combine. Okay, I loved Christian Kirk at the combine. Oh, the combine. He's just such a great guy and a very talented player too. Yeah. So yeah, it, it got personal. Yeah, I, I really want when we ended up with uh, Miller, Anthony Miller afterwards because Christian Kirk had yeah. got drafted. I liked right Anthony. Before. I liked the idea. I liked that they I moved like, up to get him. Made sense, but it just didn't. Of all the free agent wide receivers that are out there, the receiver with the most touchdowns. Do we have a guess? Of, of the free agent wide receivers? Of the free, of the free agent wide receivers. Um, those that played is it in the Jacoby Myers? No. 
second. He's tied for second. Oh, okay. With Alan Lazard with six. Okay. New Alan. Orleans, New Orleans Saints wide receiver Juwan Johnson mm. had seven. Led the free agent class. It's, that's pretty impressive. As in, he's a free agent now. He's a he's a yeah. restricted free agent okay. right now. But I yeah, never would have guessed that. No, I never yeah. would have guessed that. I would have guessed Chris Olave from that team. Oh man! Remember, he came on. He came on like in the latter half of the season. Beginning, he wasn't necessarily doing too. They just didn't have any continuity at the quarterback position. Isn't it funny how we we all grew obsessed with him last year just because of the Justin Fields connection and Olave. Chris Olave, and we're all yeah. and then and then you never hear about him when the season like yeah. you never really hear yeah. like like you said he was very quiet early and it's like okay well, I mean we build these guys up so much always and you heard you heard Justin Fields talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba in a way that he didn't necessarily talk about Chris Olave that's true. That's true. That says a lot. We made it very easy for Justin Fields because of the Ohio State. It was kind of like required asking from a reporter standpoint, as in us. You know, got to ask. And of course, you got to say nice things. But you're right. He was a little bit more glowing. Julio Jones, the oldest free agent wide receiver that's available in that play last year. I don't know. Ten years ago, I'd be all in. Yeah. Oh, really, studs? Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Julio Jones, ten years ago, yes. Thumbs up. Would you like that guy on your team? T. Y. Hilton. These, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about guys from 10 years ago that we would have loved on our spot. Right. T.Y. Hilton. What do you think Good about Pat uh, people, a couple week, about a week ago, people were talking a lot about Keenan Allen mm-hmm. coming to the Bears. 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 I said I didn't want to necessarily. Philosophically, we still don't know where Ryan Pace is when it comes to receivers because. Pulse. What did I say? Did I say Pace? How many of those do I get, by the As way? As many. Unlimited. Really? It's Dude, I think we all get multiple years. Never of that. in yeah. our life will, a, will this happen di- again. Yeah, it's a difficult. I think transition. I get more since I cover the Bears. I think like yeah. per capita, I say the word Bears and Ryan Pace more than you guys did. Hundred percent. That's what I said. Some. Unlimited. <laughs> Could you imagine if the next guy comes in and his name is like Ryan, you know, Post, <laughs> and it's like I'll just need you running around like, with me to dude, just correct me. It's just ridiculous. Ryan Pace, Paul Scrody. Post, Paul Scrody. I just, I, mean, I just go up to Alice Hall and be like, "You guys are just trolling us now. Yeah, like, this right, is yeah. just mean." What are you guys doing right now? Yeah. Oh man, but we do have to check out his philosophy and what that looks like, right? Because last year, did Valus Jones Jr. Oh. was what he thought. Yes. Yeah, and and you know, Valus Jones, I, I, Valus, I won't forget, started to look like the guy that they had in mind when they drafted him, albeit in the final four games of the season, which they lost, and the lights were off. Yeah. The proverbial pressure lights were off. So I'm not going to say... Looked good in the return game, which we were happy yeah, no, about. No, he, he, he became good. Now, yeah. the, the, they never did trust him again to return punts, which <laughs> I support, and so should everybody else. But uh, I, I think there can be some encouragement. But the point is, is that they did... Remember last year we were all going through that list of free agents. Go, oh, he's got, and there's another one, a Christian Kirk off the board, Jar- yeah. Jarvis Landry off the board, Juju Smith-Schuster off the board. And we're all like, isn't he going to sign somebody? No. So we don't know if that's philosophical or if that was just for the tank year. Yeah. And, and I think that that's your answer, right? They didn't. They weren't going to invest in some veteran receiver. Yeah. For a team that was tanking. Not 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 for a long long term deal. Right. It was uh, just get some guys in here that can kind of hold us down. Placement facilitators. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> Rank nice and file. It. That's it. Who had the, the, the equivalent of an eating zitter? Eating's yeah. eating well for said. wide receivers. That's yeah. a win. We yep. just need guys in here to get reps. Dante yeah. Pettis, come on down. Oh, the, hey, you, you want to take it back to, to baseball? When Nate Shearholtz was manning right field for the Chicago Cubs in, in a 100-loss season? I mean, yes, you just want guys – 
warm bodies at places sometimes so you could put together a competitive legal football team. Oh, and that's exactly what they want. <laughs> Follow uh, the rules of a football team. From the 847, it says, sign Lazard, sign Michael Thomas after, after he gets released, and draft a rookie that's a great wide receiver room. But Mooney, Claypool, Valus, Equinemia St. Brown, and then the three. They already have the Lazard. That, that's Equinemia St. Brown. Right, I was going to say. the yeah. same guy. One former Packer receiver at a time, guys. Yeah. We yeah. can't just, like, Getsy, Getsy, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I Bakhtiari. Know you gotta, I got to bring in Bakhtiari. Yeah. You got to have the pipeline. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Just look at it. Look elsewhere. Look out. And that goes for you, too, Poles. It can't be all Kansas City people. You hear me? Bringing in all your own guys from yeah. over there. Unless it's Orlando Brown. And that goes for yeah, you too, Eberflus, with all your Colts. It's true. It's what everybody did. I know. The- hey, it's 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 a, a ritual in sports. It's a dirty, that dirty. Has gone on for, uh, hey, again. He knows my system, guys. Go back to the Cubs. It was all Red Sox and Padres. Yeah. Enough, Theo. This, this man, I'm telling you, man. Claypool just needs to be better than whatever wide receiver is drafted at 32. Not better than these than these than, than these free agents that we've been discussing. Does he need to be better than Darnell Mooney? No, really, no. Disagree. I think he needs to be better than Darnell Mooney because he has the ability to be better than Darnell Mooney. No well, shade okay, on okay, Mooney. Okay, okay. Let's 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 live there for a second. And I need stats because you know I'm a numbers guy. So oh crap. I know. I'm sorry, but I just need to live here because this is. I'm, I'm, I want to put this into my brain because okay. Darnell Mooney clearly is Justin Fields' favorite target. Clearly. Right? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I'm trying to put into into my brain, Darnell Mooney, if healthy, for 17 games next year, should be in the should be in the 70 catch, 800 yards range. Does that sound too far fetched? Or is no, that's a good. That'd be a good over under. 70 catch. 800 Yeah, yards like if you, if you set the over-under at uh, 72. 72 catches for 800 yards, and I might even take the over on right. that. So you're saying Chase Claypool should then be in the 80-something range and like 1,000 yards? Yeah. Yeah, I think he should be considering his abilities yeah. and his physical tools. Right. Yeah, I do. Ooh, I, do I love think, this. I do think that he should be, Three, yeah. 312-644-6767, who do you think – should have the better year next year. Should? Clay yeah, that's, that, that's a good distinction. Not will. Yeah. But well, I guess should. should would be will, I guess. But yeah, who should, who, in theory. No, because you could say, in, you could say, you could say Claypool should, yeah. but Mooney will. Okay. So in theory, who should be, as the roster exists right now, the Bears' top receiver? Isn't that the question? I would say, uh, Chase Claypool. I, I, I'm, I'm taking into consideration the fact that they might bring in a, another wide receiver that's oh. really good. Okay. And even with those three there, I still think that – I mean, it's a great argument. I would love it. Damn, I would love for Chase Claypool to have a better year than, than Darnell Moon because that, that would mean great things about the wide receiver room, about Justin Fields. That, that would mean a lot. Don't, don't you think that the Bears giving up a second-round pick, don't you think they expect that out of him? Or do you think that Ryan Poles would be comfortable with – let's just say yeah. you did that to Chase Claypool. Let's say – that you set this similar number, let's say seventy catches for eight hundred fifty yards this season. For do you think that that's what Ryan Poles is thinking in his yes. head? Really? Because you don't I, think he's thinking this is a guy who still has the chance to be a thousand no. yard receiver? And like, uh, like, like, because sometimes chance to be a thousand sure he's the head scout, Ryan Poles, yeah. right? So he he may have always liked this yeah. guy and thinks that You're he's right. smarter than everybody else. I think that 
I think that you and I have had a healthy discussion about what options are out there in free agency, in the draft. And Chase Claypool, to me, doesn't seem like someone that is far and away better than every option that exists, but he's in the top tier of all of those options. Like, if you were to put five guys in the top, Chase Claypool would be there along with any free agent wide receiver you would grab or, you know, a late second-round wide receiver. Like, Chase Claypool fits in that space. And so, to me, I think that the expectations aren't to be uh, uh, Julio Jones 10 years ago, but to be a a serviceable, uh, good receiver that's out there. Okay. So that does not – Chase Claypool, the way you're calling it, is not going to solve your ace receiver need. Because that's what they need. They need an ace top receiver on this team still. Yeah. Or or are you trying to – Past Mooney is it? No, like let's okay. say for example, like like a guy like Quentin Johnston from uh-huh. TCU. If you look at the top ten wide receivers that are available in the draft this year, he's the tallest one, right? And he has the best body of work in terms of what he was able to do with Max Duggan, you know, over the course of his junior season. Six four, two fifteen. Everybody else, all the Jackson Smith and Jigbas, all the the Jordan Addisons, they're all six foot, you know, one seventy five. They're a bunch of Adam Stadzinski's skinny guys. You know what I'm saying? So. For me, it's like if you were to put in a Quentin Johnston, then I would expect Quentin Johnston to be the 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 Jamar Chase. If they drafted him in the first round, you yeah, think, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, like I would expect him to be the he would Jamar Chase. In theory, he would in your mind, he would immediately become the top wide receiver, right? And then the Claypool could I, I be live T. With Higgins. I could, I could live with that. And yeah. then Darnell Mooney could be Tyler I, Boyd. I, I, yeah, I, I I don't want to make it sound like I think it's impossible for Chase Claypool to have somebody surpass him. I think I just think more of him than a lot of people do, okay. and I'm anxious to see what he can be. And I do. I don't think they would have given up a second round pick for a guy that they just think can be serviceable. All right, I love it. Let's uh, let's take let's take your calls on the other side. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Who do you who do you who should be better next year? Take Claypool or Darnell Mooney. We'll take your calls. We'll take your text messages after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, right here. On Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I think that's the difference between like trades in baseball and, and, and basketball. It's like plug and play. There's an entire offseason and half of a season of installs and all the things that you need to do collectively to play and, and execute offensive play. On top of that, it was a little bit choppy with some of Justin getting dinged up. He got dinged up. So it was a little bit choppy of a start. I told Chase, and we had a really good conversation, I'm not blinking at that one at all. I think he's going to help us moving forward, and I'm excited about it. Ryan Pace talking about Chase Claypool right there. I love the fact that he had a conversation with him. Love the fact that he let him know, hey, man, I'm the GM. I went and got you. I gave up my second round pick. I'm not blinking at this stuff. Now, Gabe, hold on a second. You were just giving Grody crap for saying Ryan Pace, and then you said it. Well, maybe that's why I said it, because Grody said it. Grody didn't even catch that. Grody was cool with that. I know. See, Groats. That's why we got a producer. I'm glad that we (laughs) set the number at limitless mistakes. I was going to say everybody gets gets 10. And I gave gave Grody zero crap. Thank God. Yeah. Hey, that's good karma coming back to you, buddy. Sorry, not giving him Called him out for it. Called him out for it. 
You, you brought you attention did. to you it. Brought, and and, yeah. and then one thing I always tell Gabe before we start shows is, if you embarrass me on air, man, and I have told I've you got so slapped many a couple times, times. Dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what the back of my hand yeah. looks like, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. It's strong. It's strong. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, we're asking the question to you guys, Gabe and Grody here on 670 The Score. Who should have a better year next year, Darnell Mooney or Chase Claypool? I think we forget a little bit about Darnell Mooney and what he what he's, was able to do with Justin Fields and their little connection. And then Chase Claypool, just like Ryan Pohl said, is that nice. you know he gave him a little bit of grace right there. So uh, let's go out to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. Let's go to Wilson out in Lockport. All right, of those two wide receivers, who do you think should have a better year next year? I think should. It should be Claypool, but I think it's going to be Mooney. And first off, Bears. Uh, Bears. Second of Bears. all, I missed the trifecta this morning or this evening. Sorry so, But, that. yeah, I think, going, uh, I think the – Bears. I think the the connection with Fields is real. Mooney is underrated as far as he'll have a better matchup that's suited for his skill set, his route mm. running, and I mean he, he's he's not lightning fast, but he's quick out of his breaks and he gets to his top end speed almost instantly. I feel like just because he's not tall and doesn't have the wingspan doesn't mean that you can't discount his performance already. Yeah, that's a great uh, great thought right there. I mean, and you bring up some great points, right? I mean, he did have a connection with, with Justin Fields. Chase Claypool, you know, does have the capabilities. It's tough. It's a tough question. Well, and he brought up his – Mooney's really fast. Like, Darnell Mooney is a speedster. So that exists in his game. I don't know if he's underrated because I think that – maybe he means nationally, but I think around here we've done a pretty good job yeah. – of saying that he is solid too near the mountaintop. Yeah, when it comes to these guys, and man, I I was talking to an NFL person one time about the the concept of elite wide receivers and how teams there's a sense of entitlement that teams have yes. to these guys when in fact there are only so many of these guys that have that super special superstar thing, but we see them. We see Justin Jefferson and yeah. what he's doing, unfortunately, for the Bears' sake, with Minnesota. Um, Tyreek Hill, I would say, is in that category, yeah. right? Stop me if you disagree. Um, Devontae Adams, I think, is in that. You're absolutely correct. In that stratosphere. Cooper Cup, I know he was. 100%. And what, is that it? Jamar Chase, maybe? You could throw Jamar Chase I mean, in value there. to his team that exists. But there's, is there? Am I missing any any? Extra- Stephon Diggs is D- Diggs. I'm asking. I'm, no, I'm, no, no, I'm throwing no, no. names I, I, out there. That name doesn't sound as powerful as Tariq Hill okay. and Justin Jefferson. Debo Samuel, it's pretty good. Pretty good. But but he does other stuff. I'm just talking True. about. Pure- what about DK Metcalf? Where you guys at on him? DK Metcalf. What were his numbers last year? DK Metcalf. I didn't hear much about him. He was last he year. A couple, was he banged up? A ba- couple banged up weeks, and then. You know, Geno Smith, they were they were running the ball. I think if you got to think about it, they're not, right? Jalen Waddle? No. I mean, these, these guys I think are just like physically, DK Metcalf is. Right, right. Is posing. And, I, I and if we were saying, having though. this conversation two years ago, sure. he might be in there. I hear what you're yeah. saying, though, where, where the upper echelon of wide receivers in the NFL, that group is smaller than people give credit. Uh, for. Right. And there's this entitlement uh, on the fan base and maybe even from teams that think, oh, yeah, that that's what we got. We'll draft the, the fifth best receiver or, or the. You know, five overall, and we'll get the top receiver, and it'll change. Like, think even historically. Yeah. Who are the guys that come to your mind when you think Jerry about Jerry the- Rice. Right. Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. Yeah. Jinx. Who you got? 
Oh, uh, historically, I mean, you guys just named them. To to maybe like like yeah, guys that were superstars of their time. Like, where you throw knew, the ball up and it's just give where it you know that that's a yeah. number one wide receiver. Yeah. And and Terrell yeah. Owens once had twenty one catches against the Bears. Mm. Um, Larry Fitzgerald maybe like okay. historic. Yeah. I'm just trying to think a recent. Right. Historic. So you're, you're more well, so DeAndre saying that Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, stud. Yeah. You're, you're more so yes, saying that teams have mediocre wide receiver rooms. More teams have mediocre wide receiver rooms than we think. Well, guys that maybe should get a little bit more respect, and you should look at as like the, with Darnell Mooney being the example. And I am on the bandwagon of people saying he's not quite a number one, sure. and he's a really good number two. I admit that. I'm there. But what I'm saying is this NFL person said, look at it differently. Most teams have guys that that, that right. sort of max out at the talent level of Darnell Mooney, in fact, Which makes sense. Than, than it is Tariq Hill, Justin Jefferson, or Devontae Adams. All right, throw, throw out a random team, and I'll tell you their wide receiver room right now. Um, so we can you know just put it to the test. The Mighty Lions. Oh, that's a good one. All right, Mighty Detroit, Detroit Lions. Lions. Just well, stay in the we know division. they got Amon Ross St. Brown. That's right, they do. So, right, so, won a thousand bucks from his brother this year. Right, stud. DJ Shark, Josh Reynolds. What's up, DJ Shark? But you're right, though. I mean, when you look at those three, it's not like they're like that is just significantly better than the Chicago Bears if the Bears had one well, more. If the well, Bears had one more. Well, a Claypool Mooney and somebody else. Amon Ross and Brown, while stud. not not in that group of Hill, Jefferson, stud. Adams, stud. And, and, Without a doubt. and a ceiling. Yeah, way you know better than way better than any receiver that's well, on the Bears. You guys didn't even mention too, Jameson Williams, the guy who they you drafted didn't, last you didn't year. Say who was injured? Who came on strong? Oh, he didn't play. Yeah, he came. Okay. Well, he, he played the last like few games. Right. He was like number. Yeah. What was his pick? He was like twentieth or something like that. He's a first high. round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I know he was first round pick. All right, um, name, name another name another team, studs. Any team, random, and in, in the NFL. Any team that uh, the Jags. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars. When you look at them, and you look at their team, so they had Marvin Jones last year, who's now a free agent. Christian Kirk, one of your favorites that they just signed. But I wouldn't call Christian Kirk a definitive number one in no, the league. No, he, He's kind of like Darnell Mooney. Kind of like Darnell Mooney. Calvin Ridley, who's coming back. Zay Jones. Calvin Ridley's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, you're, you're not talking about a team that has, you know, the Justin Jefferson. They have a hodgepodge exactly. of, of Darnell Mooney's yeah, and better, I, maybe. Yeah. Hey, Packers. What you got over there with the Packers? Oh, my gosh, Packers. We know who's over there on that team. We hate them. <laughs> no. They're losing everybody. They got Christian Watson. Right, who was the, the the first round flop, and then he became unstrong. Alan Lazard, who's a free agent mm-hmm. now. Romeo Dobbs, another rookie, who's, you know, whatever. Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Jeez, nothing. None of those guys ever were like Randall Bears Cobb. Bears have a better wide receiver room than the Green Bay Packers. There you go. So so there's tons of, it's a, it's a great exercise. Jameson uh, Williams was the 12th overall pick last year, by the way. There, there you go. go. And you know what name we didn't mention that we need to? Because we it's a serious neglection. It's Megatron. Oh, that's oh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of the greats of all time. I was thinking of like course. Marvin Harrison, too. We didn't mention him. Yeah, Marvin Harrison was a stud. <laughs> so tons good. Tons of catches. So good, man. I want to look at the Dallas Cowboys. That's my team I'm going to throw out there. CD Lamb, yes. Oh, that guy's on the way. Stud. Yeah. Super stud. Yeah. But after that, you know, Michael Gallup, Noah Brown, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Simi Fahoka. Like, yeah, that CD Lamb might he's coming pretty close to our little list yeah. of the elite. But not there yet. But right? the rest of the guys, I mean, Michael Gallup's nice, but you like him yeah. because they throw the ball fifty times a game and yeah. he gets a lot of no, Michael Gallup's a good receiver. Yeah. And it's okay to say, like, not, not every team is gonna get a superstar. Yeah. Most teams are not. Going to have a superstar at wide receiver. Like, whatever happened to the word good, Gabe? What ha- whatever happened to us just saying, like, the quality of being, good. of having good players? Like, it doesn't, there is no good in sports anymore. We don't want that. You're either bad or you're great. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Good, competent, nah. Good. That's good boring. Good replaceable. 
<laughs> yeah. that's why that doesn't exist. Good right is there. replaceable. Uh, but yeah. you know what? We are great. That's why we are not replaceable. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. On the other side, we're going to switch uh, switch sports a little bit because Grody's been telling us all day long that he has a question for uh, Studs and I regarding the Chicago White Sox. I do. I do. Okay. It's, it's kind of serious, a- serious topic stuff. All right. Well, get your tissue ready because yeah. <laughs> we're getting pretty serious. Uh, people said A.J. Brown, Brandon Marshall, and Marvin Harrison, like you mentioned. Brandon Marshall? No. I love Brandon Marshall had some great years in the NFL, but like I don't put him in that automatic slam dunk elite Terrell Owens. Uh, I almost said Randy Myers for Randy Ma. <laughs> Randy Myers. Randy oh, Myers drafted by Ryan Pace. Uh, we'll talk uh, on the other side. It's Gabe and Grody right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.